Hello, staff of Back to Work. I've been listening to your show for a while featuring tips from the tech community. Hello. Good morning, sir. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? Pretty good. I'm, I'm a little bit late. Sorry about being a little bit late. It's always okay to be a little bit late. A little bit late. A little bit late. Yeah. A little bit late. You doing all right? Yeah. No, I'm good now. Yeah. Did you put out your fire? Fire put out and uh, things uh, seem to be improving by the minute. Boy, you are really inscrutable. Yeah. Is it a business thing? It's a it's a server related thing. Oh no, yeah. that's worse than a business yeah, thing. Yeah, well, I mean it's uh, you know mm. what? My business is servers. Mm. Mm. I like these pictures that you've been is that a cat's paw? Or a what? cat's nose, a sleepy cat, an upside down head? Yeah, I that's a cat. What are you talking about? And the thing you sent me in the robot before the show, it looks like a little cat with its head kind of turned down. You can see its little nose and it's got a pop in front of it. Oh, from that app. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> not my cat. Oh. Not my cat. <laughs> Your cat's more some? like a Crookshanks. Oh, my cat is a Crookshanks. You want to see my cat? She's yeah. a real, she's a, she is a freak show, I man. do want to see it. No, she's a, she, is, she is, to quote John Syracuse, a mournful creature. Mournful. <laughs> Look at this face. Oh, wait. I don't know if you can see. Are you at a robot where you can see? Yeah, face? I can see all that. I can see that. Look know. at that face. Look at that. Yeah, I hit that thing. Now, now that we've shaved her, she's really atrocious. She's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> you know, if you want to have some fun, shave a cat. Oh, my gosh. She, she looks like a cross <laughs> between a male lion and a baloney. That has got to be the most Merlin cat I've, I think I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> I think I've sent you this one, but this is uh, here's a, this is one from right. I think I've sent you this one. This is her right after she was groomed, and you can tell she's excited. She's got an orange bow tie on. Uh, it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's on its way. Oh, it ooh, mm. I like that one. Yeah. Did you do the shaving, or did you hire someone? I'll be honest with you. We we hired a shaver. <laughs> I've never personally sh- shaved a cat. I've shaved a lot of yaks. Yeah. No. Um. No. But it's been a. This has been a real. This is very. Well, Dan, we have so much to talk about today. We can, we can't diddle and dottle. For no, too long. I could. I'm here I mean, to tell you that, that we got to do a bonus episode to cover the regular topics. Let's just talk about this cat. Well, you know, I, I try to isolate that to other shows because, yeah. you know, you can't talk about cats everywhere. You become a monster. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we got this cat and she's a uh, – so here's the thing. When you interact with anybody in the cat community, like you think you got advice before you were going to have a baby. Just just people knowing you have a cat opens up an entire world of new obligations that you didn't know about. Mm. People are aghast that I do not post photos of this cat. They want to know where the Instagram is for this. I don't even have an Instagram. And they want to know where the cat's Instagram is. I'm like, what planet are you guys on? <laughs> but also, anybody who interacts with your cat will tell you many, many things about your cat. Like they're, like they're a seer, you know? And so uh, so the groomer, who is a real, real spirited gal, she, she gave us lots of advice about, about the cat. And she said, well, I got some things I should tell you about the cat. <laughs> because like she's Patty and Selma. Yeah. Well, first of all, she is a monster. Um, she is what's called an extreme Persian, which means that somebody took the breeding thing a little bit too far. <laughs> so it's, it's cute enough to have a Persian, but this is like a mega Persian. So sh- her face is really, really smashed in, as you can see. Uh, and so that means she's got all kinds of health problems. Like oh. she's got those brown eyes. We've got a clean nose. She's got dragon eyes. And she's got... Uh, She's got sinus problems. So it, as it turns out, as the cat lady said, massaging her face makes her happy. 
So every night I spend about two hours massaging my cat's face. What is it? I watch, uh, Dead, I watch Deadpool and I massage my cat. <laughs> uh, wow. No, she likes it. I like it. It's nice. She's really warming up. She's warming up to the house. It's taken almost four, four months, but she's really warming up. Well, I mean, um, take, you know, it takes a while, especially with a, an older cat. Yes, and she was abused by oh. one of the other cats and had kind of a, nah, you know, she was bullied. She was cat bullied. And so uh, it's been a long road, but it's going pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. We gotta, we're going to take her in. We're going to get her ears scooped out. We're going to get her, uh, just get her all squared away. She's got some tooth problems. That's going to cost several hundred dollars. So really, it's, 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 a, it's an exciting journey. Rewarding, I hope. You know, I'm warming up to the cat. I like the cat. Now that we've shaved the cat, I really like the cat. <laughs> yeah. The cat, was, the cat was a mystery before. The cat looked like Appa before, which is nice. The it band Appa? Like the Swedish? Yeah, sure. The death metal band? Yeah. No, I was thinking about the large creature from uh, Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender. Oh. Appa. Appa, Appa oh, I believe it's oh, oh, yes. I know that. The, the flying uh, thing. Well, if you're curious, I do have a new name for the cat. Um I had this flash. So um, there's this there's this guy on the internet named uh, Todd Vaziri that everybody mm-hmm. likes because Todd uh, works on the Star Wars and he's a really nice guy. He had me over for lunch at ILM last week. And so I went and did a little tour, had lunch with him. And I was describing the cat because once you have a cat, you have to talk about your cat to people. Right. And I said, the neat thing about this cat is she looks a lot like something now that she's shaved. She looks a lot like something that George would uh, add as an unnecessary creature in Mos Eisley. <laughs> All right. Because yeah, I gotta understand. She's got a fuzzy head. She's um, got a, her her tail is shaved except for the end, right? To and make she it has look little, like a lion. She looks. She's got little boots. Yeah, <laughs> she's got little fuzzy feet, and she walks around the house uh, being skittish. So she kind of looks like something that would run in front of a uh, you know uh, one of the speeders. So for some reason, I walked into the I walked in the door after having a very nice lunch. Thank you to Todd. That was a very nice lunch. And uh, I walked into the door and I saw the cat. And for some reason, these words came out of my mouth: "Hi, Star Wars." Oh, so that's and, the cat's new nickname. Well, we have several names for her, uh, as you know from T.S. Eliot. Cats have many names. So I I started calling her. I started saying hi, Star Wars, every time, which is really weird. It's the kind of thing you do when you're middle aged and have a cat is you just say things to it. And uh, and so I started calling her Star Wars, and it stuck a little bit. Uh, she's got some other names that are, that are starting to pop up, you know, obviously mournful creature or morning as we like to call her. Okay. Morning. So we took off the bow tie. She's still shaved. I cleaned two cat boxes this morning. Okay. So, uh, top of the world, ma. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift to have a cat. I know it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I get to, I get to clean out. I clean out her cat boxes cause she has two of them. And uh, I get to Dude. clean her food bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the cat lady. No, so we have. We also had cat sitters not long ago, and so the cat sitters had a lot of insight for us. You're they would doing email us. so. I mean, you're hard. You're a hardcore cat owner. I had cats for most of my life, and never did any of the stuff that you're you're doing. Ditto for Parenthood. It used to be with Parenthood. You would give your get kid uh, like fifty bucks and a bottle of milk and say, <laughs> you know, sayonara. Right. See you when you're ten. You figure it out. Yeah. I don't care what your homework is. You know, now every night I'm like going through the backpack and trying to figure out like who I'm disappointing at school this week. <laughs> so that's the thing I do. Um, but with the cat, yeah, it's like parenthood, except, you know, I, I mean, if this thing dies, nobody's really going to care except the people who follow her and her non-existent Instagram account. But no, it's a nice cat. It's a nice cat. She has uh, look at those eyes. Aren't those crazy eyes? I mean, right, we're setting aside yeah. the disgusting uh, brown occlusions. Like she has dragon eyes. Look at that. 
So the the sort of the X shape that you're talking about is that drainage? It's a normal. Eli, it's a, it's a kind of drainage. It's an eye drainage. It's normal. You ever seen poodles like that? Those ugly poodles with yeah, the brown I've spots. Seen we the have poodles. a cat with. We well, see. We got a, we got a cat with brown spots. Yeah, we we try to clean her. You know, we do the best we can. But she's got a lot of detritus in her ears. They're gonna have to scoop out. Did yeah, she so have any kind of like four ear figures mice when you Thursday. got her? Four figures. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We get your you get your cat's teeth clean. That's that's several hundred dollars. And then of course now 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 you're getting into the specialization of cat experts because a lot of times you say to somebody, oh yeah, like there's this thing I didn't know existed that I found out I got to do. Now they go, what's that? Because you know one person gives you all the information, right? And then you tell somebody else, and they go, Psh, you don't have to do that. Oh, don't go there. The good vet's not there anymore. <laughs> it's like what is this? It's like I've fallen down some kind of hole, and there's like some kind of cat Etsy community. Like it's. <laughs> Anyway, I should post more photos. The thing is, if you put photos on the internet, nobody looks at the thing you're putting up. First of all, they're going to say, that cat's really stupid. You know, that's going to hurt my heart. You know, because she really, she's really stupid looking. And then they're going to say things like, I can't believe you have that bed. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Oh, if you're sharing the, def- yeah. Nobody ever looks at anything in the picture. All they care about what's in the background. One of our it's listeners has stuff. said that they make, uh, there are drops for your cat's eyes. That uh-huh. can make it's called No Tears. I don't know if this is the brand name, but No Tears for Cats. Okay, we'll get her some drops. We so. need some more things for the cat. We've already bought her several brushes. <laughs> I, I can't believe you're not giving your cat drops. I can even not be giving a drop. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't know about cat drops? Oh, oh. <laughs> Rule number one no fake surprise. See also John Syracuse. Great, great advice. Okay, so anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm an appalling cat owner who's at this point only spent several thousand dollars on a rescue cat. That's okay. It'll be all right. Uh, and so uh, there's that. We're taking her to the vet. So we got to get her into the cat cage Thursday morning. That'll be fun. Okay. Um, so that's pretty good. Anything else with the cat? I don't think so. She really likes rubbing on the iPad. So like when I'm, when I'm watching TV and looking at the iPad, she, she likes rubbing on the iPad. Yeah. They like they yeah. like anything. If you're holding it or using it, they want to be holding it and using it. Yeah, yeah. And she started like climbing on things, so you know it's a slow road. She's really old, I think. Anyway, enough of the cat talk. Dan, we have so much to talk about today. We do. We have a whole lot of stuff. You know what I did? What? You don't want to know? Oh. You, you want to know? Yeah. I prepared a little. I like the ones where you prepare. <laughs> do you have I a deck? I you have a card? Is your deck ready? Let me check here. Let me see how many lines I got here. I have uh, 89 lines. You got 89 lines. 89 lines. 89 lines. 269. Episode nine, 269. Nine lines. Nine lines. I have links. Links. I put things in notes. Uh, but first, we have some fake follow-up. We have a lot of fake follow-up. You have at least a couple items. I got a couple quickies. Um, may I? Yeah, please go ahead. It's your this show. is really inconsequential. But Deadpool which isn't out on Blu-ray for like a week or two, is on iTunes right now. It went up last night. It's a great movie. So just so you all know, you can watch Deadpool on iTunes, and it's really good. It is not for kids, but it's a lot of fun. I want to mention it because, you know, it's not too expensive. You get it on your iTunes, and I watch the extra features, uh, which are really fun. And surprisingly candid. Like something Syracuse and I talked about with uh, Force Awakens was like their making of is very diplomatic. And this one is more like, oh, no, no, no. We really screwed up. We screwed Deadpool up good in that Wolverine movie. (laughs) We really messed that up. That was terrible, wasn't it? Well, the scene when he goes in with the swords and people are shooting at him is one of my favorite scenes in a Marvel movie ever. But no, generally, it was not a terrific movie. Have you seen the new new X-Men preview? Oh, yeah. 
It looks That's real good. good. Oh, it's kind of, it looks really good. Real good. Apocalypse is a is a super interesting character. I don't, um, admittedly, I don't really, the only Apocalypse storyline I ever really remember reading, which is, I think, the basis for the movie, is the one where he sort of shows up and, and makes his four horsemen and Angel gets some like yeah. robot wings and that's the he turns only... he turns angel into archangel archangel right and he's got the blue skin and he's got the yeah. the, the metal wings and that's 100 percent of what i remember about it that's it so, i think that's probably the most famous um apocalypse story another good one and one of my favorite comics one of my favorite trades of all time um uh uncanny x-force volume one i think that's remainder and remainder and opania the one i'm always talking about so that, that, you know, X-Force, right? X-Force is like the CIA of the X-Men, where like even Cyclops doesn't know ex- exists. Right. So there's like, it's Wolverine. In this case, it's Wolverine, Psylocke, uh, who's boyfriend-girlfriend with Archangel, or Angel in this, and who's, who's like reverting to Archangel and he's kind of freaking out. It's oh, really right. cool. And also Deadpool. And, uh, and that Apocalypse story, I don't want to spoil it, but... Um, nobody cares. I'll, it, it's in the first issue, but basically the, the thrust of the story is that they had the opportunity to meet and kill childhood apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's lo- lots of good stuff. The four horsemen in this are really, really creepy. Yeah. I'm excited for that movie. I think it's going to be really good. I have high hopes. Me too. I, I generally liked the X-Men, the, the, the more recent X-Men movies. How many has there been? Is there two? I've liked well, them better than the old. There's one. There's one, two, and there's one, two, and three. We don't talk about three. No, no, no. There's uh, uh, first X Men First Class where they first introduce um, what's his head as uh, the yeah. professor. Yeah, the younger ones. Yeah, that one's real. I think that one's really it's good. good. Yeah, and then they did uh, Days of Future Past, which is kind of that same group. Yeah, and then there's this one, I think, and then you've got like. You know, you got the Wolverine origin movie, which is, you know, I don't know. Mm. I, was, I wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy. I haven't been that crazy about the Wolverine movies. I have not liked any of the Wolverine movies. I, they, I, don't really I, capture, they don't capture the spirit of what you like about those particular interesting comic runs. They, I stand they, you know, completely against those movies. Everything that they are, I, I find to be the antithesis of everything that I wanted to see in a Wolverine movie. They couldn't possibly be worse. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, I feel like in the, there's, there's kind of a, I don't know what a meme. There's a vibe over the years that in the fullness of time, most people who are into comics not only tire of origin stories, well-known origin stories being told and retold, like every Spider-Man movie has to have something about the origin. Every Batman movie has to have something about the origin. And, you know, you have to do that to some extent. I think they do it very well in Deadpool, um, personally. The way they intercut, you know, past and present is really, I thought, really effective in Deadpool. But, you know, I think Wolverine is a controversial case because Wolverine was fine as Wolverine. And then maybe was it the Barry Windsor Smith one, the really gross one that showed Weapon X for the first time in detail? But like, you know, it's, it, it I, I don't know if in the end it's been that great to know about, oh, he was raised in the 1850s or whatever, and his brother and his father, and he's all these different names. And I'm not sure in the end that that's added that much to the character apart from having him seem kind of like a, 
like a teenager sometimes. <laughs> I can't remember things. I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Related to that, this is this is not necessary, but interesting. Uh, on a show I like a lot, um, Anthony Johnston's show on Justin Maline, Andy Anatko was on yesterday to defend Reed Richards, a man who I think you know deserves a defense at this point. Sure, yeah. People are hard on Reed, and I think he did a good job with it. Like what it is we like about Reed, and why people kind of get him wrong, and why writing him wrong can be very disappointing. So I thought that was good. That's in show notes. Um, how you doing? You okay? Yeah, I better listen to that one because I don't. He's well, you know. I don't, I don't care know. about Reed Richards. I don't, you know. And here, get, with the exception of the thing, I never liked anything in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I never. I could never get into it. I could never. I, and I realized it was it has been one of Marvel's most popular comic books on and off, and the heroes are great for people. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know. I I, I, I think about. I think about like obviously I was not around when these things started, but you know you think about the the big properties. You think about Fantastic Four, Spider Man, Avengers, X Men, just to name a few that mm-hmm. were like tent poles from the early days. And in the case of most of those, they have a very strong um, affinity with things that were going on in society and culture. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit before, but you know the X Men is kind of a, it's a story about discrimination which was something that was a pretty big issue in the early 60s. You think about Fantastic Four, very much, I think, a fear of the nuclear age. Probably ditto for Spider-Man. What, the Avengers is about not trusting your brother? Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't a a biblical tale. He made the Hulk see a train derail that wasn't really happening, and nothing's been the same since. But the thing is, the the truth is, though, that like X-Men has traveled pretty well over time. It doesn't have to be about being in the 60s. The thing is that the Fantastic Four did make a lot of sense, you know, at that time. And, you know, it's been such a temple for years and years and years and written in a million different ways, but... I don't know. It hasn't traveled as well, even with, well, I don't want to say that because I know I, it's one of my favorite comics ever. And the John Byrne run in the eighties is a delight. I have a special affection for the Matt Fraction run a few years ago. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but you know, they are kind of old timey characters in some ways, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, you know, read, you know, he's, he's done some dumb stuff, but he's not a monster. Uh, Reed Richards. He's not a monster. Yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of a summary of the Fantastic Four. I got one more mini thing. Okay. Uh, it's not that interesting. I'm going to be on the uh, Clockwork program tomorrow. Um, and uh, as a preview of that, my, my topic is going to be talking about something I just noticed this week. I have not been using my Fire TV since I've mostly been satisficing with the Apple TV. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't used it much at all in several months. But I saw something pass by that was super interesting because, you know, I've got an Amazon Echo. I've got a couple and I really like it. Uh, just for what it's worth, anybody who's got a Fire TV and hasn't used it lately, go check it out because they've now added limited but very interesting support for some Alexa and Echo stuff into the Fire TV such that you can now talk into the dingus and say something like, add buy milk to my shopping list. And that gets populated across all your, your Echoes in your lists. Oh, that's nice. And with the candy application of things like IFTT, T, 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 you can have that shoot over into your Apple Reminders list, which is pretty cool. But it's neat. I mean, I, I did a little quick demo for my wife last night, and I was like, well, tell me the weather tomorrow. What's the capital of California? And, you, and it presents a giant card right on the screen. It's pretty cool. 
My son was I'm asking me when the, uh, when the Ice Age was. And so I asked oh. Siri, and it found the movie Ice Age. And I asked Hound, and it told me the age of Ice-T, the, the rapper, performer. Oh, okay. And uh, The Ice Age is a little older, a little y- bit older. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think he was 58 in two months, and I'm like... Good, <laughs> good for him. My son living. loved this, but I don't, I don't have the Echo at home. I ordered a dot, but it's not getting delivered until, I don't know, May sometime? Wow. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't really quick on the draw to order that, and by the time I ordered it, it was, like, way delayed. Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested in how these things work together, and as we'll talk about today with some of this, I, I don't even want to call it fitness tracking. It feels like it's missing the point of what I'm really trying to do. But increasingly, I'm just very interested with how these things interact. Like up till now, there's been a huge focus on things like home automation. Well, essentially, let's put it this way. A lot of people's interest in this has been, can I talk to my phone to get information? And can I have it turn my lights on and off? <laughs> and I think that's really just the beginning. And some of the stuff we're seeing now, I feel like we're, to paraphrase John Roderick, I feel like we're right on the cusp of something very interesting happening with the devices and the voice stuff and everything talking to each other as we'll talk about today. So I don't know. I'm keep, I'm really keeping my eye on that stuff. Cause first of all, it is a huge time saver for me to use things like Siri and the Amazon echo. When I remember to use it, it's a huge time saver, but I'm also, it's seeming like this, there's more and more power to this where we wouldn't have expected it. You know, we finally caught up to where these things recognize your voice pretty well, except for the Apple watch. And, uh, <laughs> I would love for that to get better. <laughs> You like it when you do that voice? I love that voice. That's when I say things only you can hear. (laughs) (laughs) Called a high pass filter. Mm. That's most of what I got. You got Deadpool, Andy and Otko, Alexa. Deadpool. Deadpool. Now the story goes, according to this behind the scenes thing, and they talked to all the major people, nobody asked Rob Liefeld about feet, or at least I haven't gotten to that part yet. I hope they ask him about feet. And why he has such a problem drawing them. But uh, it made it sound like, very directly, it was Ryan Reynolds' enjoyment of that character he played in the Wolverine movie. He became like the big advocate for getting this optioned by Fox, where they would make it into a movie. And oh, yeah? it got onto a pretty fast track. And the director's terrific. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I would like to see it. I know you're not a giant Deadpool fan, but it's a lot of fun. And it it's along the lines of something like Guardians of the Galaxy or what? Scott Pilgrim. It really makes you think like there's still a lot that you, a creative person can do with comic book material when you're not trying to make, you know, somewhat stale feeling super summer blockbuster. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would like to see it. I do think this is more of a rental kind of a movie or a buy kind of a movie. Oh, I think you you could probably rent it. Um it's very it's very clever. I don't know if it'll stand up to like five years of viewing, but you no, know, you should probably rent it. You're not a big Deadpool Deadpool fan, so mm-hmm. yeah. And you like you were saying, it's it's an R kind of movie, a lot of cursing. Oh, and... oh no, no. I mean, it's it's mm, it's earned every bit of that R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. There's butt stuff. Uh, there's violence. Oh my goodness, there's violence. Yeah. Very very funny violence. Okay. But it's very well done. Anyway. So, um, where are we now? Uh, so I'd left off at, uh, those things. Now we, we still have architecture radio and VPN update. Yes. Now, Dan, this is your time to chime in and tell me some of the things that have been on your mind lately. Okay. Well, first let me tell you about something I like. It's all uh, right. Yes, we can do that. It's meh. Meh. Dot com. Meh. 
And, oh, they uh, got a good one. They got a good one today. They have a very, very <laughs> good one today. That's uh, a funny one. Yeah. I don't know if uh, the listeners know what we're talking about, but you go to meh, dot com, and uh, they have a very kind of interesting philosophy. The, the, back in the day, there was this site called Woot, and they had one deal a day, and it was a great uh, a great thing. You would go to the site every day and you'd look at it and you'd say, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I want to buy this, this one weird thing that they have, or this one cool thing that they have or whatever. And then I guess they sold it to Amazon. They made a billion bucks and they, uh, they, you know, like watched and sat back and kind of watched and Amazon screwed it up. And, uh, they said, you know what, we're going to do what we did with Woot, but we're going to make it more fun. We're going to make it better. And they quit Amazon. They took their millions and, uh, and went over and did meh, M-E-H, meh.com. So they like to have fun with these daily deals that they do. That's the part of it that really sets them apart. They're not a normal, these are, this is not a normal website and these are not normal humans. This isn't like one of those things where like, oh, it's $5 off massage therapy on Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> right. Like it's in the, the, as you said, like go check out MEH, MEH.com just because, just check in. Even if you don't buy something, just go look at the site because the, the best part, for, I hope they'll forgive me saying this, I, I don't think I've ever bought anything from Meb, but I do visit it at least once a week just to go read because the copy that they write for these things is a riot. It is, and they do these wonderful and very bizarre videos. The video that they have today, there is a puppet troll singing a cover of 80s pop song. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But go to meh, M-E-H, meh.com. I'll, I'll, tell you that, I'll tell you that Deadpool is a big fan of that band. Is that the band true? That they're we don't want oh, to tell yeah. anyone to talk about it. He says, this is the album where they earn the exclamation point. <laughs> Well, anyway, I go there every day to just to see the funny, weird article that they have. They write a little story every day. There's daily videos that are great. Uh, and today their deal is uh, $18 for two, because it's two for Tuesday, Kershaw 3820 injection 3.0 folding knives. Is that what they call a thumb knife? Thumb knife. Because you can cut off your thumb. Ugh. Is that why they call it? That's not why they call it that. I have owned three or four Kershaw folding knives, and I've never owned any that cost $9 each, but man, that's crazy. Um, oh my gosh. This is 110 list, 35 on Amazon. Here it's $18. But of course, and these are great. You know, Kershaw, they're, 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 they're great knives. <laughs> my favorite part is though, normally when you write the copy for something like this, you would say things like, you can cut onions or, mm-hmm. or cords <laughs> Or, or you know, you can do these things. And here they're saying, let me cut, cut down a little bit here. Uh, we decided to offer it a two-pack. Not that we really understood why you would want to, but apparently someone does. That's good enough for us. Call it an instant knife fighting kit. No more hunting around for two knives when you need to settle questions of honor. Or maybe use one knife to open the package of the other <laughs> knife or something. If you buy two two-packs, you're well-stocked for a knife juggling act. It's so great. I love <laughs> it. They have fun with it. And this is actually a really, really good deal, this particular one. But it's gone at the end of the day. So, like, if you're listening to this on Wednesday... Uh, your SOL, they don't, they, it's, it's gone. It might come back. I've seen them bring stuff back, but usually it's like a one day kind of thing. So go check it out. Have, check out their fun community, the great videos, a good writing. Meh, M-E-H, meh.com. Thanks smooth, very much to them for supporting. S- smooth thumb stud. <laughs> smooth thumb stud. Uh, smooth thumb stud. Yeah. 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 Sure. Oh, okay then. <laughs> anyway, meh. 
Meh. And so you're going to tell me you want to you got some nerdy stuff on doing your own VPN, and we want to talk about architecture of radio. Sure. Yes. 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 Well, where where to start with this? Uh, well, the architecture of radio. This we'll start with that since it's uh, I think it's a smaller a smaller piece. But uh, something suggested an email by listener Nathan. Nathan, we were talking last week on the show about the safety of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and other things like that. That you know, is is it is it okay? Is it safe? Is it okay for us to be exposed to this stuff? And do any of us live in a house with somebody who thinks that the waves are stealing your thoughts? Right or not? And the the answer, of course, is certainly. Mm. So I wanted to kind of understand what exactly I was getting into by wearing the Fitbit all the time. And, you know, are my kids like really in danger of the Wi-Fi? Is it, is it as bad as somebody who lives in my house maybe thinks it is? And, mm. you know, so uh, we, we had a number of people emailing to talk about the different uh, philosophies on this and a bunch of people tweeted me most of whom were saying you know I looked into this a little bit and Bluetooth is really harmless and you get you get more radiation standing near your microwave when you're heating up some you know a dinner than you would wearing a Bluetooth device on your wrist for 10 years you know that kind of stuff so uh, one of the interesting responses that we had the one I think you're talking about from Nathan was for this app which is uh, going to be in the show notes and uh, it is it is called the Architecture of Radio. That's the name of the website, architectureofradio.com, and also I, I think of the app. And it's they they talk about something there called the uh, infosphere, which is this we can't see it, but it's there network of signals, wireless signals all around us that show. It's basically imagine it as a data visualization where you can see, actually see, uh, all the Wi-Fi activity that's going on in the base stations. You can see satellites. You can see um, uh, cell towers. You, all of these different things. And you can see the, like, bloom yeah. of radio waves bloom. that it produces. The, the bloom. bloom. You it's can a see blue, the bloom. It's a Bluetooth bloom. <laughs> Not Bluetooth, but you see other kinds. You see radio towers with the bloom. <laughs> And uh, so what I and it makes a noise like a Geiger counter. Uh, it, sound, it makes great noises. There's like a low humming sound. I hooked it up. I was using it um, while I was in the parking lot, and I had only used it on my iPhone, like in in my little uh, office. And I took it down. I I turned it on in the car. I'm like, I wonder what I can see out here. I wasn't driving because it wouldn't be, have been safe. But mm -mm. it was connected up to the Bluetooth of my uh, of my car. Uh, radio and there's some really low frequencies going on too like a big hum and a vibration sound that it puts in there that you can't hear over your your iphone so well but it's it, i thought at first because i i mean who reads like the websites or the explanations of anything and it i thought that somehow they had made my iphone into a device to pick this stuff up well that's not how it works they're using there are these data sets that exist of cell towers and like gps stuff and wi-fi stuff and signals so it taps into that and then uses your gps location to show you what is around you it's not right. like your it's not that your ipad or your iphone or your android device is like seeing picking up these signals which is would be even more cool kind of like a 
Star Trek thing, but instead it's using your position and what it knows about the activity around you to, to show you this stuff. But it, nevertheless, it's still very, very cool. Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't know a lot about this, but I, I think that hmm, there's certainly a name for this, but there's basically like this available database. Remember like when there was that big dust up about the Google uh, Google Maps cars collecting data on, you know, um, detectable Wi-Fi yeah. signals? Yeah. I think I think it's one of those things where you ever notice when you turn off Wi-Fi for some reason on your iOS device and you do something involving almost anything, it'll say, hey, turn on Wi-Fi for better location stuff. So it's, you know, it's working, I guess, like cell towers where it's saying, you know, based on the strength of signals, these known signals, we can tell where you are without having to always push the GPS. Right. And so I think it's relying on that kind of data. But it is really, it really feels like what? Some cross between like the Terminator and They Live, where like you see, oh my God, look at all that out there. I had no idea there were so many cell towers. Yes. It's, it's really, it's really cool. So yeah. that is, that is what's going on and uh, it, it, in the world around us. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it should be disturbing in that there is so much that, is going on all around us at all times or if it well, if it should be a relief in that we've been surrounded by this all this time and now we clearly shouldn't worry about it because nothing bad has happened as far as we know think about anything that allows you to see something you couldn't see in plain sight with your own vision in normal light think of your uh flashlight for looking at sheets in a yep and yeah like anytime that you see something that you couldn't normally see even if that's something like just looking really closely at your keyboard, oh boy, don't ever do that. Um, I think there's something kind of disturbing about that because there's a <laughs> hidden world that, that we don't see. It's not a conspiracy. But like when you really see how many different kinds of you know radio signals, this, in this case, it's cell tower satellites and Wi-Fi where available. Um, I couldn't find my own Wi-Fi because I usually keep it. I mean, I know it's not like secure, but I usually have it be not non-public. Oh, right. SSID is that what it's called? Yeah, and um, so I didn't see mine, which is kind of weird. But anyhow, it's just that when you can see any time there's a visualization of something that that's the thing about augmented reality is it makes you so much more aware of the mundane atmosphere <laughs> you're in when you see like how near or far you are from things you don't think of as being, you know, there. Mm, totally. I, I so I think this is a really neat app just to get an idea of it. I'm I'm very curious. The next time that you know we go out to like kind of a far out their sort of place into what we think of as being like the nature, you know, yeah. like what you would see in that area. Like obviously there's still satellites overhead all the time, but you know, I wonder if you could probably, they probably wouldn't want you to use that on an airplane, would they? But that'd be interesting. Oh, super interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it would also be a good, just, this is just a suggestion, but as a business model, have an IAP where for 99 cents, you can have it occasionally drop in, like maybe maybe it's just like once a day, and just for a little while, you'll see a different colored tower that's clearly identified as the one that's stealing your thoughts. That'd be kind of funny. Oh, so you like you'd your know spouse. where it was, yeah, which yeah, one was yeah. coming from. And then as soon as they see it, it disappears. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you saw it yet, but uh, Aaron White is following up with us to see if we want to uh, have somebody on the show. Just got that email. Oh, did you? I know I haven't. I haven't uh, checked into that one yet. And he just well, he just wanted to follow up and see if we'd given some thought to partnering with Jason and Jody in regards to their book. It's launching a week from today! Exclamation point. Oh wow. He says, "Let me know if I can answer any questions!" Exclamation point. Sorry. Let me know if I can answer any questions. Anyway, you might want to follow up. I'm gonna circle back with Aaron. 
You I mean, I, you know, there we get a lot of these emails. This is the main kind of spam now that I get. Yep. People who want to be on my shows and there's no unsubscribe link. Nope. It's just the worst. And I continue to be most galled by the ones that are like this. Hello, staff of Back to Work. <laughs> I've been listening to your show for a while featuring tips from the tech community, such as your episode 261, The Illusion of Ease. I enjoyed listening about the evolving technology culture and different smart devices. <laughs> then that's in a different typeface. They want to. <laughs> yeah, it's so. I don't know. Do they suggest that on on a on a Windows machine or something like? Because it's so obvious when they have the one typeface that's like the bigger font or the, or the smaller font, and yeah. it's like, "Hey, Dan, really nice show you've got there." Uh, and then. The next line, it's a completely different font. It's a different type size. And then there's the content of the form letter that they've, you know, pasted above. It's so bad. This is the first time I've been tempted to have someone on just because I love this man's name. What's the name? Peck Pongpate. Peck. Well, let's, I'm totally down with it. You want to get, you want to get Peck Pongpate? Yeah. Peck Pongpate on? He's an ideal fit as a guest speaker on our I'm podcast. I'm not seeing this email. Are you sure that... Uh, regarding special guest Peck Pong Pet. <laughs> it's uh, five days ago, April 21. <laughs> okay. Well, you see, I mean, he's the founder. Oh, I see it. Peck, Peck Pong Pet. <laughs> How do you say it? How would you say it? Pong Pet? Pong, pong Pet. Pong Peck, Pet. Yeah, Peck, Peck Pong Pet. Peck Pong Pet. Peck Pong Pet would make an ideal fit as a guest speaker. Peck is the founder of several successful ventures from Silicon Valley, such as popular Instagram Pinterest app, Pictacular. Oh, that's awesome. I've never heard of that. What the about m- the movies app, Marquee? Well, I think y- our listeners will know Peck more from the UI UX design firm, oh, Impeccable. Impeccable. P-E-K. Also, my favorite dependent clause of the week in terms of wearables, comma. <laughs> Impeccable. Impeccable. Impeccable Peck Pong Pate. Has worked with Move Fitness Move. Tracker. Move. Lumo back. These names. It's a back posture app UX. Oh my gosh. This is this is this has got to be a Markov chain. We've no, we've gotta have this. Oh my god, this on. is this is the strangest sentence I will see this week. In terms of wearables, Impeccable has worked with Move Fitness Tracker, Move UX, Lumo back, back posture app UX, and has something in the works with O six app. Exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. That's big news. I mean, if you get to you get to work with 06 app, like you you're at a different level. You get a call from Peck Pong Pet, you say what time <laughs> and what do I wear? Uh, you know? It's like it's like they say on Shark Tank, you know? They're gonna take our call. You, you get you get a call from Peck Pong Pet, you're gonna pick up. Yeah. Pick up, peck up, peck it up. The peck experience up. that Peck and Impeccable has had working with several next line space. Enterprise, e-commerce, wearables, IoT, and other companies would make for some intriguing insights shared on your show. What a horrible sentence. <laughs> I like this. Here are a couple podcasts Peck previously. <laughs> Here are a couple podcasts Peck previously appeared in to give you an idea of what you can expect. Oh my god, I want an idea of what I can expect. Thank you, Monica. Uh, no, uh, you know, if, if this I Monica don't know, and impeccable. If you clicked on either of these links, uh huh, there is a photo of Peck. Oh, Peck Pong Pet. Peck, yeah, <laughs> and Peck is actually a, a, a darn look, a good looking young man. He looks like a, he looks like a nice guy. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I was expecting from Peck Pong Pet. Oh, that's right. He was on this uh, episode of uh, Mobile Growth Hacking. Yeah, I'm sure you heard it. Sure. <clears throat> 
Yeah. <laughs> about, about the episode. Have you been sending emails to bloggers with little success? <laughs> well, today's guest tells us how he made it really easy for publications such as Mashable, Forbes, Wired, and many more to write about his app. Mm. Also, listen to how he applies lessons from his days as a Mortal Kombat motion artist to running his business. Peck Pong Pet, founder of Impe- <laughs> Peck, Peck Pong Pet, founder of Impeccable, a UI slash UX design firm. So this is an episode. So so just to be clear, Peck Pong Pet is a, is a good fit for our show. To show that he's a good fit for our show, they pointed us to a mother f- podcast where he talks about how to weasel his way onto someone's show. <laughs> Peck Pong Pat, shame on you. Peck Pong Pat, you're better than that. You did motion art for Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh my goodness. Peck Pong Pat, you work with Lumo back and Move, Fitness Tracker, Move UX. I want to see what's coming in the 06 app. What if this is some kind of a signal from, from like a, a, an extra, a, extraterrestrial intelligence to us? I think it could be. Peck Pong Pat worked on Pinterest Spectacular. <laughs> Um, tell me, you want to tell me about uh, the VPN thing? I do want to tell you about that. We mentioned uh, PD, P- PDN, PDF, VPN. It's all the same thing now in 2016. VNCP, VNCPDFN? Yes. It's mm-hmm. one thing. Uh, we had talked in the, ba- in the past. You told me about your special bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have a lot of experience doing VPN. A special bear? You're talking about the tunnel bear? The tunnel bear. I'm a cloak man, although I also like tunnel bear. Well, you you had introduced me to the Tunnel Bear. Tunnel Bear, I think I mostly was using on the desktop, and then Cloak came along. But yeah, no, they're both great. And yeah, you should tell people what these things do. Well, uh, a VPN originally started, in my experience with a VPN, was back in the old days when I used to be like a network administrator, sysadmin type guy, and we would have people who worked remotely, and there would be a way for them to, in the olden days, they would dial up into one of our two, maybe even three modems that we might have and that that would give them access to the network so that they could run applications from the network or connect to get their information or data or whatever, files. And then things got a little bit better and brighter and we had the internet and we used to have a a VPN, virtual private network, where you would set up a VPN server and people would be able to connect over the internet and using tunneling and other technologies, hopefully securely and cryptly, becoming a part of uh, the work network, even though you were somewhere else in the world, maybe working from home, maybe at a coffee shop or wherever, but it ensured the corporate infrastructure people who were very worried that you would be doing something that would expose their private data you could connect with the VPN and everything would be secured and it would be just like you were on their own network. And this technology has evolved a lot and come a long way. And now people use it for a variety of things. A, a good thing that uh, I think a lot of people should be using it for is if you're in a on public Wi-Fi somewhere, like at an airport or a coffee shop or... Where increasingly it's almost always just pure unencrypted right. Wi-Fi. Right. Always unencrypted Wi-Fi and anybody who's anywhere in the coffee shop or in the parking lot or anywhere nearby could very easily do like a man in the middle type of attack or something else where they could get your passwords still still cookies yeah tons of uh tons of information exposed on those things so obviously you don't you don't want to do that if you use a vpn uh you can you can go through what is essentially a secure channel 
to avoid that and help keep your connection to whatever it is that you're doing, even if it's just browsing around, help keep it more secure. And even HTTPS everywhere, that's a good thing. But my understanding is there's still problems with that. Uh, so this is a much better solution. There are other things you can do with a VPN. For example, if you if you just want privacy and you don't want uh, your your movements tracked or the, the websites that you're visiting or the activities that you're doing tracked, if you go through a VPN, then that kind of gets around it. So there's a lot of advantages there. And there's also people who are in different countries who want to get or see programming uh, that's not available in the country that they're in, they can essentially tunnel through another country that would give them access to that. I hear people talking about like the BBC and other things in, in that regard. So there's lots of reasons that you might want to use a VPN. And there are a lot of things that you can do to, to get that VPN. We've got the Tunnel Bear. You were talking about Cloak is another one that I have not tried. But these are companies- one, one that I subscribe to um, for doing the location obfuscation is Ad Free Time, which is adfreetime.com. And that could be everything from watching US Netflix overseas to like being able to get local baseball games with MLB. Cool. And I mean, your mileage may vary, but it also does stuff like you can block um, certain kinds of ads and stuff like that at the router level. Very cool stuff. And uh, these are services, Cloak, Tunnel Bear, are services that are set up that you basically pay and subscribe to this service for, I don't know how much the Tunnel Bear was, but it seemed pretty reasonable. And what's nice about it is like you don't have to maintain any infrastructure or anything like that. They give you a nice little app that configures everything nicely. And you just launch the app and <clears> click <throat> start. And now you're going through their secure VPN tunnel that puts you out wherever you want to be and, and makes things secure. But if you have a little a little bit more savvy or you have a little bit more time, uh, a lot of the routers that we already have, if, if you are using a non-Apple router for your wireless network or for your home network, not the kinds a cable company will give you, but if you have like a third-party one that you bought, a lot of these have VPN software built in. I've got some kind of a couple-year-old Asus router that has it built in. So what you can do, I, I guess... The philosophy of this is that you might have remote users and you want to give them access to your network. You can do that uh, with, with the stuff that's built into the router. Like you don't have to really configure very much. You don't have to do very much. You just click a couple switches and then somebody who's out on the internet somewhere, they can configure their VPN on their Mac or their PC to let them connect to your network and basically all of their traffic incoming and outgoing goes through your like your office network or your home network if you have it so if you're using one of these routers and you're the person then in the coffee shop you can just connect and have all the traffic go right through your own router in your house and that's kind of handy and one of the so i put a link uh to how to do this with a mac mini that's by the Mac Mini Colo guys who are great. And I've got, I actually have a mini, a mini at Mac Mini Colo. And I do this with it all the time. And what's great is like their network is super, super fast. And if you have one of their Mac Minis, or even if you just have Mac Mini in, in your house, you can do it. Uh, you can do it there. But it, the problem is you can't just do it in a regular scenario because, in, in other words, if you don't have. The VPN technology in your router or some way to open up ports in your router, you're not going to be able to do it just because you've got a spare Mac Mini. The Mac Mini actually needs to be like a fully exposed internet type machine. But they have it set up so that if you have one of their Mac Minis, you can VPN to that and get out to the internet and it will be very fast and very nice and it doesn't cost anything if you've already got one 
So my recommendation is see if if you have one of these non-Apple routers, see if it has built-in VPN stuff because you might just be surprised at what you can do without having to pay anything at all and get in use use the bandwidth that you're already using, you know, with your uh with your home network. Yeah. Um and I I I think I don't know. I hate to get too far into like security and privacy stuff because it, it opens a can of worms, but <clears throat> I guess, you know, what what you can say is that it is is really uh, so basically a few years ago it became apparent that much of the traffic passing over straight HTTP wasn't entirely sniffable. I used to have a Firefox extension a lot of people have where you could basically sit. I've demoed this to people that it's, it's used to be pretty amazing. You can just sit in a coffee shop and become somebody on Facebook just by sniffing. And so since then, like I remember when Twitter first went HTTPS, like that was a pretty good thing. I mean, I would not assume that everything, even HTTPS Crazy. is just... I don't know. I would just, I would have the extra precaution. And when you're on any network, the thing I like about Cloak is anytime I'm not on one of my like four trusted networks, it automatically enables the VPN. So I'm saying like in terms of like why you need this or, you know, why you might want this, it's just, even if there's stuff you don't know about, it's an extra layer of precaution that's not really going to cost you anything. It's really cool. And it like, and people say, oh, well, it slows everything down. It really doesn't. So anyway, I was I was saying these things are great. They're affordable, and uh, you should really consider just checking one of these things out. And you know, a lot of people will use the routers, and they'll be like, "Oh, this router that I have is kind of old. It's kind of stupid. Maybe I should get a new one." You know, the kind that offer VPN stuff, it's usually just there, and it's like in a tab, and you don't even think about it. Like I wasn't thinking about that when I bought the one that I have. And if you're curious, people will ask. Uh, I have, and I'm not recommending this. It, just happens to be the one that i have it's the asus rtac56u i will put it into the show notes they uh they still sell it it has four stars 290 reviews 57 answered questions on amazon and it's a hundred bucks but i think there's probably better ones out there but this has uh this has the vpn stuff built into it and you can you can just connect and get through your your home or your office network very quickly and very easily so something i just thought people might be interested in great tip hey dan did you uh want to tell me about something that you like i would like to tell you about uh, our friends over at smile Woo! they have requested that i tell you about something called pdf pen pdf pen they call it the swiss army knife for pdfs they also make something called pdf pen pro it is a knife with so many tools it can barely fit in your pocket if we go with that analogy, PDF Pen Pro lets you create interactive PDF forms. You can build table of contents. You can set document permissions. You can convert websites to multi-page PDFs. The stuff that you can do with this is, is kind of crazy. We were having this weird problem where somebody had sent us a PDF. I think this was yesterday. And no matter what, like you, we couldn't, we were trying to like cut and paste stuff because the text that they'd put into it was wrong and we had to rewrite it. And no matter what, now, however we were trying to copy and paste out, it wouldn't work, wouldn't work. They tried to, different computers, wouldn't work. PDF pen, boom, saves the entire day. With this stuff, you can, you can sign documents, obviously, but you can fill out PDFs. You, you basically can get full control over the entire PDF technology. There's nothing that, that you really can't do when it comes to managing your PDFs, do, do, doing OCR, so you can take a PDF and you can OCR it. 
So you can like proofread and everything. It's right, right there. You can export out to Excel. You can export it into PDF, a new PDF, like archive format, PowerPoint. You can create table of contents from the stuff that's in there. And it's really, really cool. And again, don't forget like the exporting stuff. That is a lifesaver. Microsoft Excel is the big one. Imagine taking something that doesn't even look like reasonable data, these columns and numbers and exporting it and making it into an Excel spreadsheet. Like that will blow you away. Go check it out. It's at smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Thanks very much to Smile for supporting Back to Work. Thank you, Smile. Bok, bok. Dan, Dan. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to episode 269 of the Back to Work program. We have extensive notes for this episode. Before we get to the meat of our topic, the meat topic, uh, would you mind telling people as much as you're willing or able to tell them where they would find the show notes for episode Diggity 269 of your Back to Work program? Sure thing. They can go to 5by5.tv slash B as in brethren, 2 as in the number, W as in walrus. Slash two six nine two six nine two six nine two six nine times fitness trackers Fitbit Fitbit iOS applications. I have many uh, things to say and notes here. I guess one thing, if you want to start last week on the program, so just for in terms of prologue, we've been talking about the interest in. The devices that can help us capture interesting information, commonly called fitness trackers, but I think it's a little bit of a misnomer. I'm, I'm interested in any kind of device that can collect interesting data and tell me what's especially interesting that I wouldn't know about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for a shortcut, we'll call it fitness trackers. And you got, it seems to me, you got so interested in this last week that on the air, you purchased a Fitbit uh, charge HR for yourself. Is that accurate? Uh, that is accurate. You're correct, sir. How's it been going? It's been good. I like this one much better than I liked the previous Fitbit. And I'm, I think that despite the fact that it's a little bit larger, the reason that I like it better is because it does have the little digital display and because it seems to be much, much smarter about uh, understanding, as you were describing on the show, understanding and knowing what it is that you're actually doing when you're doing it. And it has those little thresholds where if it detects that you're doing something that seems like walking for more than about 10 minutes, it maybe you're going on a walk. So record that. And did you, did you go in and flip the bit on those? I did. I I reduced the number from, I think it was defaulting to 15 down to 10. I set everything to 10. Yeah. Yeah. And have you been using it to track your sleep? I have been uh, not using it to track my sleep because (gasps) I know why. Why? Can I guess? Sure. Your wife doesn't want it in bed. No, no, she doesn't care about that. It's no. be, it's because I don't, uh, I don't really, I have never, never worn a a wristlet watch or anything like that while I sleep. Yeah, I find it, and and that's a big part of why I bought this thing. Yeah. So I want. I am gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna keep trying to get used to it. But I find that I'll lay there, lay there, and then I, I just, I'm like, ah, screw it. I take the thing off. But yeah, I you're really not al- want to track to sleep. You're not alone. You're not alone at all. There's, and as I'm sure we'll talk about, there are maybe as a quick side route, we can talk about some of the various ways you can do that without something on your wrist. But Syracuse talks about this all the time on ATP. That you know, one of the reasons the Apple Watch has kind of faded in importance for him is he, you know, he's got pretty bad RSI, and I think 
he said on the last episode, he, his wrists are very sensitive, you know, to like anything touching them. Yeah. Because RSI sucks. Yeah. You know, RSI is one of those things. Can you remember when you're little and everybody, all the old people in your family have back pain and you're like, blah, 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 back pain. Right. As you know, Dan, like it's not blah, 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 no. back pain. It no. is no fun to have back pain. Nope. And it's no fun to have RSI. And also, I, I was the same way. It took me a while to get used to having something on my wrist while I slept, even when it was just, as he calls it, the fitness turd, the little, uh, mm-hmm. the little lozenge. The little one, yeah. But you should maybe try it one night just for fun. I will. And somebody emailed us and told me about this, uh, this thing. It, that, yeah. It's like a little, it's like a little. It's an orb. An orb. It looks like a, like a ball of dental floss. Yeah, that. Tell, tell people about that. I'm looking for the URL for it, but. It's in the notes. Okay, uh, so this, let me get over to it. With all our Skype nonsense, I've been D- No one knows about that. No one knows we had Skype problems. What Skype problems? Skype problems, what? What's Skype? Is it the, the smart body analyzer? No, nope, that's, my, that's my scale. Oh, that's your scale. Did you know that the, that company, Withings, just got bought by Nokia? Yeah, I'm not sure. Am I supposed to have a strong feeling about that? I don't know. Hmm. Is it, uh, okay, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry, Where is, yeah. What's the name of this thing? It's called hello. Hello. Okay, there he is. Aloha. Hello. Wake up That's on the right side of the works. bed. Sleep soundly, knowing that sense a smart alarm will gently wake you up. It does that. It's got a little alarm. It tries to improve your sleep. It learns what's going on in your bedroom. It can, I guess it can see if if there's light in the room. Oh, dude, the app looks, this is a little rich for my blood. It's 129 bucks, yeah. but I'm looking at the iOS app. Temperature, humidity. Yep. Air quality, whatever that means, light it, level and sound level. Mm-hmm. And does it do a thing? Is it watching how you move around in it, bed? Yes, too? it detects on how you move. It'll say, "Oh, you moved, you know, twenty four percent less than the average sense user, and more than three nights ago, and ten percent of your sleep is agitated sleep, and your temperature in the oh. room was seventy four degrees, which is just right. If it was seventy eight, it would be too warm. Like it, it tells you what to do. It says you can use a fan, and it, here's and then, your bedroom light level of eight lux is a little brighter than ideal. It's brighter than thirty six percent of all of all sense users. These are examples. I didn't use it. So this is cool. It looks like the dingus. So in this case, there, there are apps, for example, on the iPhone where you can put your iPhone um, on the edge of your bed and it'll track your sleeping. And those those work pretty well, surprisingly well. But this looks like it's a little dingus. It's a little bit larger than a quarter, and you wear that somewhere on your body. It doesn't have to be on your wrist, I guess. This thing it sits next to your bed. <laughs> yeah, but scroll down. Nothing to wear except your pajamas. Yeah. And then it clips, something clips. Yeah, it's this little, yeah, little dingus. And I guess that dingus part is what what detects the movement? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I imagine in a similar way to the Fitbit. And it's it's still a relatively blunt instrument, whichever of these you use. But I've I've seen ones, I had one, this is so how dorky I was. At one point, I had a Mac, uh, like a, an OS ten app, mm-hmm. where you could point a camera at your bed, and it would record you while you sleep and find patterns. Wow. That's a little much, um, but I, I, what what all of these do, I think, is essentially the same, which is you know maybe so in the case of things like Fitbit, it detects and we'll get we'll get back to the I got a, I got a high level on this as well, but for this I think what it does is it's watching for how when you're still when you stir and when you get up and so that's when it's able to say like well you had a really crappy night's sleep because you were awake for two hours like you were walking around, um, but what's great is that you may not be aware of let's say you got something like apnea or you snore or something. And you, uh, maybe your partner knows that, but you don't. It'll show you times you woke up 
uh, a little bit, but not enough to be sort of conscious of being awake. Right. And that it usually refers to that as restlessness. And so most of these apps are pretty good about deriving a level of sleep quality, like down to this kind of arbitrary percentage. So, you know, and I'm generally in like 92 to 96% quality sleep. Mm. But, you know, if it's a rough night, something's going on, you know, I'm stressed out, you know, that could be 70 or 80%. And that's, that's really good to know. And as we'll get to in a minute, having that information and being able to have it analyzed alongside other data is where it gets super interesting. And I got some good apps to talk to. You, you think you'll try this thing? Well, kind of ex- 129 is a lot of, man, a lot of bucks for sleep tracking. my problem with it is it's expensive. For, for one thing. For one thing that doesn't do anything else at all, you know, like yeah. the Fitbit, you can say, well, it, it tracks my exercise. It does a pulse. It does this, that, and the other. Whereas this is just for sleeping. And it, they all, I don't really see how they talk, whether they talk about how it would work when you're in bed with your spouse either. Like, does it detect the spouse movement or just yours? How does it know? Yeah. And also, I mean, not to be a karma suck, but now that I spent some time with a bunch of these different things, there is one big question mark. It keeps coming up for me. Um, it's a big pattern, but it's it's super interesting. Like for example, right now on my desk here at work, I've got a hygrometer slash thermometer. Yes, and, and I've got a one of those you know like the thing Leo Laporte has over his shoulder, one of those atomic clocks. I've yeah, I've got one, one of those. those. Yeah, yeah, I've always had one of those on my desk. And uh, the weird thing is, those will sometimes be two, really one to four degrees apart. And so there's two problems there. Well, there's the first problem is that, wow, one of these must be wrong. Right. <laughs> At least one of these must be wrong. And then second, I don't know which one is wrong or why it's wrong. Right. And that is a, that is a I'm not going to say problematic. That's a bummer that you'll get with tons of these things. I'll tell you one right now. Like if you were to strap, well, you gave it away, but if you had your Apple Watch, your Apple Watch versus your Fitbit versus automatic tracking on your phone, even if you wore all of those, you know, the same time, you would be surprised how different the counts are on those different devices. Your phone is probably going to be, for obvious reasons, the lowest because it's not like on your body every second. Um, In my experience, and it might be that I just need to recalibrate, but my Fitbit typically scores me at least 20% higher per day Mm. in the amount that I've moved as against the watch, the activity on the watch. So, okay, now for me, as the pattern you're going to hear from me is I'm not an athlete. That doesn't really matter to me. I just want the trend lines. Whatever that one thing is, as long as it's consistent, that's good enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But just just so you know, I mean, like, for example, I really like my Canary, and I like the fact that it has an air quality thing. But again, always with the two problems. Problem number one, it says air quality, and it's a number. I'm like, well, what does that mean? And number two, like, if it does change, what do I do about it? Like, why is there a spike in CO2 at our house at between six and eight every morning. Well, that would seem to be concomitant with everybody waking up, moving around, and doing stuff. Is that air quality because it's changing the humidity because of showers? You know what I mean? There's not a lot of, there's, first of all, it's a, most of these things, when you really put them up against each other, you realize they're fairly blunt instruments. And second, it's not always clear what to do about what the data tells you. Right. That's, you know, they're kind of inexact and they're kind of not specific about what the actual change or problem is. Do you know? Yeah. And that could be for sleep tracking. That right. could be for number of steps. Right. Uh, as I'll mention just in passing is I, I'm getting interested in stuff like monitoring, um, you know, the air stuff. Not because I'm a crazy paranoid. I just think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, this is a lot. And the thing is, in fairness, they are doing these other things like light and noise. But I'll tell you, honestly, this seems like the kind of thing 
I would want to rent for a week or a month. I mean, I'm not sure that I would get three years out of equally useful data out of this. It needs to do more. That's what I think. It needs to do more stuff. Like, it's a neat thing, and I guess if you've got a lot of money to spend on on cool gadgets, then, yeah, I'd like, get this. But I I just feel like it needs to do more. Like, I don't have much space in my life. Like, I'm definitely at a crossroads between having something that does one thing really, 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 really extraordinarily well, and then the other thing that has does at least one thing really well, and... This thing, it seems like it does one thing pretty well, but right. I don't, there are other things that also do this, like Fitbits that I already have or that a lot of other people already have. And it's hard to justify the price for something that just does the one thing. Yeah, this is, I learned about this from Syracuse, something that Alton Brown calls the unitasker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes on these rants about these things that only do one very obscure thing. And, you know, I mean, again, also, it is a very new, it's a very young field, so that's understandable. It's just that in this thing, and I'm not trying to slag the hello, hello, aloha, so much as to say that like, you can get a fair amount of this functionality from things that cost less and do more. Right. And I'm trying to remember the app. I want to say it's called Sleep Alarm. I want to say Sleep Alarm. Sleep Cycle. So I'll put this in notes, too. Yeah, I know about that one. Sleep Cycle was one of the very first things I used for sleep tracking. And you basically, you put it, oh, is it, has it been updated to not have to be on the bed? That's weird. Huh. Anyway, in my experience, what you do is you put it on the bed and it does all this stuff for you. I think that's, if you want to do like an entry level, it's like, it looks like it's free with IAPs. Does it have in-app purchases? I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Many, many in-app purchases. Um, I would say try sleep cycle. See if that's interesting data before you jump into unitasking. Um, can I, okay, so so also, so tell me more just briefly about the, not or as long as you want, about the Fitbit and what your observations or feelings are after five, six days of using it. Well, first of all, I wasn't really sure what it was going to be like because in the past when I had the other one, the older one that had the little lozenge in it, yeah, uh, I thought that was comfortable. It was lightweight. I was wearing it though in tandem with a regular watch at the time because this was pre-Apple watch days, of course, but... This is when it was on the little fabric band. I forget which band. It's it like was. a little spandex Velcro yeah, operation. That sounds right. Yeah, it was, it was really kind of lame. And uh, I needed to wear a watch because I like to wear a watch because I like to look at the uh, look at the time. And I don't like to look at my phone when I just want to see the time. And I was wearing one on each wrist, and that we talked about that last week. That's that was kind of weird to me. And then uh, I would wear them on the same wrist, and then that felt more like a a woman's fashion thing. So I eventually just stopped wearing it. And plus I didn't like all that. You had to like tap it a whole bunch of times to get it to start doing this. And when you go to sleep, tap it a whole bunch. I didn't like that. I wanted it to be smarter. So I just kind of, you know, gave, gave up on the idea of it. This one is much, much, much smarter. You don't really, the only thing you, you, you kind of should do with it is if you're starting a workout, you can hold the button down and then it will, you can tell it definitively, I've started to work out. But it's actually pretty smart about knowing when you've done a workout, even if you don't do that, especially if you're doing one exercise consistently. Like for me, when I'm in the, in the gym doing this training, uh, it some of it is, you know, involves some cardio stuff and other others is a lot of just lifting and, and things like that where your heart rate goes up, but it's not necessarily as clear to it. So it's you're you're better off holding the button down when you start 
and getting the idea, uh, giving it the idea that, yes, I've actually started something and not hoping that we'll find it out. But if you forget to do that, like you were saying last week, you can go back later and say, by the way, that from this time to this time, that was a workout. Uh, Yeah. And you can even go in and say it was a workout of this kind. Right. Like I was doing elliptical at that time. Right. But just to, just to clarify, if it wasn't, if you didn't hear last week's episode, the, 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 the first thing that blew me away about this new version, yes, it continues to automatically track sleep. And it's, you should try it just, just for even a nap. It's pretty crazy how it works and it works very well, but like it also automatically tracks exercise. So essentially you set the lower limit for this. In my case, I've set them all to 10 minutes. If I walk for 10 contiguous minutes, it automatically turns that into a walk, uh, a workout, which is really handy. Um, the other thing, yes, yeah, sometimes, so unlike you, I do have one on each, each wrist. I'm, I'm rolling, rolling a Ted Cruz. So I got one on each wrist just because it's an experiment. It's a thing I'm doing. I got the Apple watch on my left wrist and mm-hmm. the Fitbit on my right wrist. Um, and it's very interesting. So when I go to pick my kid up every day, I'll start and I'll say to my watch, start an outdoor walk workout. And it starts that. And at that same moment, I hit the start workout button on the Fitbit. And then, you know, half hour, 45 minutes later, I turn it off when I get home and see what data it has gleaned from that. Um, gosh, there's so much to talk about here. Um, how accurate do you think it is? Do you feel like it's been a pretty reasonable... Calories yeah. are always a weird one. Different apps seem to track calories very different ways, I guess, depending on how much it honors your height and weight and stuff like right. that. Right, yeah. I see, that's interesting to me because I don't... One of the things that I, I don't track, and, <clears throat> and, and ever since I went paleo, I guess, six, seven years ago... Uh, one of the things that they talk about is that calories, and, and this is a philosophy, I don't need emails about this, you can agree or disagree, I don't care, uh, but they don't really talk about calories in that philosophy. They t- they don't talk about calories in and calories out. So I, it's never really interesting for me how many calories I've taken in and how many calories I've burned. Uh, it's just those are sort of outside the realm of things that, that I care about. So I turned that off and I'm not paying any attention to it. The first day or two, I started logging how much water I was drinking. And I was oh, like, brother. oh, this this is cool. I'm drinking water. And then I'm like, ah, I forgot. I just, I, so I don't like to, I'm not keeping track of my food. I'm not keeping track of that. And I'm not keeping track of, of calories. I'm much more interested in how much I'm walking, how much I'm moving, and uh, and and how overall sort of how active I am. And so I'm wearing I'm wearing this thing in the gym. And my trainer's in there and she's like, she's like, uh, yeah, how do you like your Fitbit? And I said, oh, it's really cool. It does this and the other thing. She's like, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. She, I'm like, yeah. She's like, they're horrible at uh, pulse rate. I'm like, she's like, sorry, like no offense, but it sucks. Like off randomly or high or low? She said that it's high and that it's not accurate. And I said, not accurate. Like my pulse is much higher than this. And she's like, no, no, no. It's, it's probably, if anything, it's going to be high. She's like, but uh, yeah, it's not accurate. And I said, how does it compare to the Apple Watch? She said, well, the Apple Watch is way worse than this. And then she told me a couple brands that were better that I'd never heard of. And uh, but she's like hardcore. <laughs> like sure. if, if if you know, like if your pulse rate is sixty sixty two, and this thing registers like sixty four to her, it's a piece of crap, and she doesn't ever want to. You know, would never even consider using it. So, like, that's everybody us, I know. Who's in, everybody I know who's an athlete says the same thing <laughs> right. that these are these are fine for consumer stuff, which makes it okay for me. Right? Can I can I uh, do a little bit of my prepared material here? Just I would to, like, love that. Please. Kind of establish this. Yes, you can go sir. do something else. Send invoices or something. So, um, <laughs> just just that's what I'm gonna do. My goal my goal today <laughs> is to lay out the system that I've set up 
and why. Uh-huh. And I think some of you who are into this stuff, whether you've got so there are some things you need or optionally need for this, but what I so what I wanted to say is like so my goal, first of all, my goal is to generally just feel feel good, feel energetic. I'm not trying to be an athlete. So this is not advice to become an athlete. Um it's a little bit like having a blog in two thousand two and putting site meter on it. Except it's instead of a blog, it's my body. It's just interesting. It's interesting data. So I had four I have four, I think, requirements of what I'm trying to accomplish here. I want it to have easy monitoring of data, right? I want to not have to do a lot. Yeah, do the doing stuff I'll get to, and it can be optional. Things like entering food and water. Number two, I want it to be able to talk to other apps and devices where it's relevant and useful. Third, I want it to work fine without me having to do anything. Sort of like number one, but like I don't want to, I don't want to have to treat this thing like a project. I want it to just do the stuff, and finally, I don't want it to get in my way or be a nag. Right. So I end up shutting off some notifications for some things. For some things, the whole point is to have the notifications. But that's just to give you an overview. I'm not. I'm in this more as a nerd than as a healthy person. I I'm just interested in what this says about what's happening now and what's happening in the future. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt that, as we'll see in a minute. I can. There are quantifiable improvements to things like my sleep and my health by doing things like walking more. And so I have to say for me, the motivation of having challenges and giving high fives and stuff, that doesn't do a lot for me. But the motivation of saying, hey, the trend line for your weight is going down. The trend line for your sleep quality is going up as the trend line for your walking is going up. That is an interesting pattern. And I don't have to do anything special really to make it happen. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I got four general kinds of parts to this, I think. Four parts. Number one, you've got the hardware and the devices. Number two, you've got what I'm calling monitoring apps or services, Uh things that capture data. Third kind is what I'm calling insight apps, apps that may have some data capture, but are mainly there to tell you interesting things about the data that's been captured. And fourth, dumb pipes, like just things that help move data from one place to another. So... For example, so in my case, with the hardware, I've got an iPhone 6S, I'm using an Apple Watch, I've got a Fitbit Charge HR, and I've got a Withing Scale are the main hardware tools in my arsenal. You don't even need to have all of those. Some of those are duplicative, but they each bring interesting and unique and sometimes more accurate data, and there is not any one of those things that does all of that well. Do you follow? Totally. Apple Watch is great because it's always on me, and it's it's doing stuff like filling the rings, which I love. The Fitbit is uh, the Fitbit tracks steps, heart rate, supposedly sleep, workouts, etc. The Widening Scale is really cool. I think I might have the same one as you. It tracks weight for every member of your family, as well as your fat percentage, your heart rate, and it shows you the weather, which is really strange. I mean, why not have I- that on a scale? And it's also, but it's also got a CO2 monitor, which I think is interesting. Totally unnecessary, but very interesting. Again, data, data, data. We'll figure out what to do with it later. Just capture the data. So iPhone, Apple Watch, Fitbit, Wythings. I think, you know, if you've got an iPhone that that does health tracking on it, you could be fine just using that, honestly. If you want to get in this on the cheap, I think the Fitbit is not a bad way to go. Don't you think? It's what, it's 150 bucks, maybe? Less than that, I think. It's not it's not cheap, but it does a lot and more than ever and I'm not really interested in the business of all of this, not for this conversation, but I can tell you that like what the Fitbit does for the amount you pay for it and the battery life you get, the functionality and the amazing power of the Fitbit app. Um it all is really great. And so back to kind of whatever it is, point two of my project, talk to the other apps. 
all of these things, to some degree, will communicate with other devices or services via things like APIs. And this, this actually is much more useful than it sounds. So the health app, there are some apps that work with the health app and will automatically. So if you're using health as your main dashboard for how you're doing, as so many people probably are, it's useful for all these devices to be able to talk to that. So you can log into your Wythings account, which means that when your Wi-Fi scale sends that signal to Wythings, it'll also send it to your Apple Health. Mm-hmm. You can also have your Wythings work with your Fitbit. Why is that useful? Because it will automatically adjust stuff based on your height and weight. Handy to have, right? And so and so forth. So, you know, the Fitbit Sleep can automatically, through something, again, now we get down to the pipes, through something called Sync Solver, you have the ability to push Fitbit data to uh, your Apple Health. But what I'm trying to get at is, like, each of these things does one thing better than the others and then often does several things fairly well. But in any case, it's gathering huge amounts of all this data that can then be shoved together to do interesting things. So the apps and server, the apps, the Fitbit app on the phone, like I say, that's pretty great. The Wythings app, it tracks things like, as I say, weight and um, heart. Also, your your you, you can do um, food tracking in the Wythings one. If you're going to do food tracking, I think I might recommend something called My Fitness Pal. It's a little more work than I'm into. I tried it for a day and a half and gave up, but it's pretty cool. My Fitness Pal is an app you get that, well, again, will hook up to a lot of these other services. So if you go in and you can actually do a search and say, like, I ate a handful of peanut butter pretzels from Costco. You can scan the barcode even, and you can enter in, I had eight of those pieces. So if you're serious about food tracking, which wow. most people who do this are, that's actually fairly easy. It remembers your favorites. Well, why is that useful? Well, you're tracking that, you're aware of it. But also remember now, that data is getting pushed into the other apps once you've connected them together. So if you're entering that stuff in MyFitnessPal, it can push that information over to Wythings or I believe over to Fitbit. Is that making sense? Very much so. And that's part of, I mean, I don't think I'm, I don't have all of these other sort of connected devices and, and things going into it. So I'm, I'm missing out on that and on that, those sort of vector points. But I think what I want to point out for this, for people who are listening, is it's always surprising to me to find out how much the the average person, and I and would have included myself in this up until just a few years ago, uh, but most of the people that I know, they don't really think about what they're eating in a day or their trend of eating patterns. They don't, they're not really that cognizant of what they're, you know, how much of a thing that they're eating or what a serving size for them is or how many, how much they're actually eating in one day. And if you spend a little bit of time doing this, I think you will learn a lot about yourself and about how you're eating and what you're eating. And to be able to, it's like when you, the first time you ever use like a Quicken or something like that, where oh, right. you all of a sudden- You like, see all those little $1, $2, $10 things start right. to add up. You're like, oh my, how, how come we're spending like $35 a month on coffee? Like, is that really possible that we're spending 35 mo- and then And then the next time you go to get coffee, you might be like, hey, you know what? I don't need it today or whatever. This, I think, I think from listening to you talk about it, it sounds like this is like a similar thing for the eating and, and, and consumption aspect. Yeah. And I have to say, having been somebody who has tried to work on my diet in the past, you know, being on a restricted diet, whether that's paleo or Atkins or whatever, that naturally makes you a little more cognizant of what you're eating. But yeah. there is, there's something to be gained by spending whatever app you want to use. Uh, one thing that sucks about health is health mainly is like a big bucket that you can't really directly put stuff in. 
Health gathers some data on its own and it pulls in data from other places, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to go do manual entries in health. It's not optimized for that. So I would check out my fitness pal or similar for that or the Widings app. But but you're absolutely right. The first time you do something like say, okay, I had 10 pieces of this delicious peanut butter filled pretzel and you see like whatever, <laughs> 300 calories, you go, oh, that's more than I would have guessed. Right. Or, you know, again, you go, you just go, it's so neat because it's got a barcode scanner. So if you're having a Snapple iced tea, you go, oh, iced tea, that can't be too bad for me. You scan it, you're like, oh, there's 30 grams of sugar in this. Like that's, that doesn't change your life, but it will make you more cognizant of it. So you got the hardware, the monitoring apps and devices. You got things, the apps like things like Fitbit, Wythings, and Fitness Pal. You got the inside apps. And that would be things like, I'm going to call the activity app for Apple Watch and on the iPhone, I'm going to call that an inside app. Because even though it is gathering information, it's also very much there to give you insight into what's happening. Like, how are you, how are you doing with your stand count and stuff like that? Um, I'm also, I also want to mention in passing, um, David under, uh, underscore David Smith's Activity Plus Plus app. That's mainly about showing you streaks. It's a very clever app, beautifully made. And it shows you stuff like, what is your, how is your streak for stand days and stuff like that? You can then go in and see other stuff, a little bit of insight. The pipes I'm going to mostly skip over right now, except Sync Solver. If you want to use Fitbit with Apple Health, get Sync Solver. So can I focus on two apps that are new to me this week that yeah, I think you'll be interested in? Yeah, because you sent me a screenshot of all the different apps that you're using. I would love yeah. to hear about this. Okay, do we have time for this? Yeah, we do. Should I tell you about something I like? Yeah, when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, two really cool apps. All right. The first, talk about something you like. The, uh, the, the first thing I was going to say, it's not the first thing. It's the third thing. I would like to tell you about Quip. Q Q-U-I-P. Q-U-I-P. These guys have a philosophy and they said, you know what? The way we work today is dumb. We're drowning in email. We're interrupted by meetings. We're getting essentially nothing done. So the former CTO of Facebook and uh, creator of Google App Engine joined together and they said, you know what? There's like a better way and we know what the better way is and we're going to do the better way. And that's what they did. They made a company called Quip. And they have built a productivity suite from the ground up because they believe that the old tools were built on an old paradigm, an old technology stack in a non-mobile era, and they just didn't meet the needs of today's teams. And Quip, well, guess what? It does. And the way that they have solved this problem is pretty interesting. They created what, what you think of as like a living document. So when you go and create a document in Quip, whatever kind of document it is, words, images, spreadsheets, it doesn't matter. The emphasis isn't just on the content, it's on communication around the content. This helps you make better decisions, it helps you understand the thing that you're trying to do. And this improves teamwork, it improves collaboration. It's a very, very interesting philosophy because you have this ability to sort of chat around the document, but that chat, that communication, that's integrated into the document itself. Of course, you don't see that in the end result when you have that deliverable or whatever it is that you're making. But that whole process, instead of having like 20 different emails with five different people, it's all right there. It's all self-contained. The living document is the answer. So go check it out. Quip, Q-U-I-P, quip.com. And they've got a cool tour that you can take. And uh, they actually made a special URL for us, quip.com slash back to work. That'll help support this show and let them know that you are listening. And you'll join companies like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, CNN, Cora, New Relic, Instacart, Product Hunt, Stripe, Taser, and more than 500 other cool companies who are using Quip already. Go check it out, quip.com slash back to work. Thanks, Quip. 
So in the time we have, I want to mention two really interesting apps. And uh, forgive me, I think both of these were suggested by listeners. <clears throat> and I, I'm sorry, I don't have the attribution in front of me. I apologize. The first one is what I'm going to call a monitoring app. And I think this is a very interesting app. This is not entirely different from something like Strava. But basically, it's, it's an app called Human. So Human is an app that you install and you get an account, you log in. Um, they want it to be very much about the community stuff. I have no interest in that. I've turned all of that off. But Human is an app that basically you leave on in the background. Warning, it gobbles tons of battery. <laughs> but what it does is it watches your movement all day long, um, notices where you are when you did the movement, and basically gives you credit for like mini workouts through the oh, day. that's cool. So I'm looking right now. And my whole day is just kind of a series of walking two minutes, walking four minutes. You were on transport for three minutes this morning, et cetera, et cetera. You were stationary for 22 minutes. Today's a very stationary day. Yesterday, I had a lot more to do. So there's like lots of walking for eight minutes, walking for three minutes. And so the idea is, though, it's watching your activity throughout the day. So it's taking that functionality that we love in the newer Fitbit app and doing it all day long and then giving you credit in Apple Health for that all day long. So I don't think I'm going to run this thing forever because it is very hard on the battery. Oh, I went yeah. in and checked the battery stats and it's rough. But um, but it is super interesting to see how much you're actually moving throughout the day. You can go in and set goals for yourself and it'll show you like how you're doing versus other people in your city, if that's the kind of thing that you would like to track. But for people who want to, um, all and all you need for this is an iPhone that supports the, you know, what is it? The, has the M5? Is that what it's called? Anyway, whatever, whatever. If you have an iPhone that will support the movement stuff. Uh, you don't need a dingus for this. It'll work just with the phone. So I think it's worth trying out. I, I think it's very interesting and it's kind of cool that it gives you, I say credit, but you know what I mean? Normally you have to like manually log a workout, turn it on and off as it's happening with Apple Watch and you don't have to do that with this. And you can even do stuff like say, well, actually, you know, that I was walking, not running at that point. You can go and kind of audit your day. Say, no, I actually wasn't stationary for two minutes there. And you can, you know, you can go and massage it. But I think that's a very interesting way to pick up how much you're actually moving in a day. Oh, yeah. This one does feel fairly accurate as long as you're carrying your phone around in terms of like how much you actually are sitting still, how much you're moving around. Um, so I think that's very interesting. It's called Human. Human. Human, Human. was a name of a character in one of the uh, Enders uh, books. Oh, nice. Second or third one. I think he was like a little... A little boar kind of guy that lived in a lived in a forest. That's a great name. When you kill the boars, uh, after they died, they you would stab like a like a tree root into them, and they would grow and become a tree. Hmm. Ender's Game, second book. Ender's Game, Ender's Game. second book. Human. Um, and again, now that you when you allow the and you know there is going to be some fiddling for setup here just so you know like you're going to have to go in and do that ios dance where like you say like which apps can write and read various kinds of data you want to i think you want to be somewhat circumspect and experimental with that across the board almost all of the apps are pretty good at not accidentally doubling or tripling things like movement but keep an eye out. Like if, you, if you've turned on a new app and suddenly you have three times as much movement as you normally do in a day, make sure that that's not an app duplicating you know, your activity. Right. So where, where possible, I would try to pick one app that's writing to Apple Health you know, where possible, if, if, especially if you're getting some kind of you know, signal um, 
amplification, you know? If you see, you know, like, if you look at something like active calories and that's like three times higher than normal, go in and look at what's writing all those little bits to that. So, and, and you know, maybe pick one of those. So that's human. Um, the other one, and this is the screenshot that I sent you. This is a very interesting and somewhat perplexing app, but I think it's a harbinger. This is the kind of app I want to see more of with, albeit, many changes. This is called AdApp, A-D-D-A-P-P. It is in show notes, and it is available at adapp.io. Okay, so this is a weirdo. Can I keep going with this? Is yeah, all right? I'm interested. You get, you get AdApp <laughs> on your iOS device. And, of course, you get an account. So annoying. I wish more places would honor 1Password for logins. It would make life so much easier. Um, you go in and you make an account. And the, <laughs> the frustrating part is this app will do nothing for 24 hours. Here's the idea. You go into Ad App and you install your little account. And then you, let me go double check on how you do the hook up the conduits. I think you go into Apple Health and basically tell it, um, oh yeah, so basically there's services in here. So right now my thing is connected to Fitbit, Apple Health, and Wythings. You can also do Strava, Body Media, Jawbone, all these other ones. And here's what it does. And this is why I put it under this third area of what I'm calling inside apps. Ad app sucks down all or much of that data from all those different sources. And then twice a day, it sends you at like 10 and 5 in my case, it pushes a little insight into what it has gathered from your data. Oh, nice. So this is pretty much, I think, almost exactly what I was asking for last week. You know, it's great to have apps that capture this stuff. It's great to have apps that show this to me on a graph. What I want more of is apps that tell me things I probably would never have realized on my own. Even if I had Excel, there would not be ways to make correlations between different kinds of activities. I want an app that'll do that. And this app, it's it's very, it's kind of inscrutable. It just sends you these two little posts a day on your phone that gives you an insight into how you're doing. Some very useful, some kind of generic, but can I give you a few of these? Yeah. So the very first one I got, um, 24 hours after signing up, your data shows a correlation between your total sleep and your step count. It says there is a relation of 65% between your total sleep and your steps. When you walk more, you sleep more, et cetera. And then it has handy tips, it has blog posts to read. But I thought that was, that's the kind of thing I want to know. Now, you know, before I get too laudatory, I'd love to see a little bit more about why it said that or how it said that or what time it's based on. You know what I mean? We're back to that same problem of like, okay, that number is useful and I, that's an insight I can use, but can you tell me even just a little bit more about how you derive that? It'll say, like in this case, for example, it says that is based on data, it doesn't say on that one. So the next one I got was a Fitbit-based one. It says, on days that you exercise, you work out for an average of 33 minutes, according to Fitbit. That's kind of cool to know. It gives you a little encouragement. My next one was, congratulations, you've upped your activity distance. You're in the top 19% of users for total sleep. Congratulations, you've tracked your, day, your, your weight for five days in a row. Here's one that says, this is a combination of Apple Health and Fitbit. On April 22nd, you took more steps compared to 96% of other days. Kind of interesting stuff. And here's yeah. one I love. This is one I got just the other one with the kitty cat. Your data shows a relationship between your active time and your total sleep. There's a correlation of 73% between your active time and your total sleep. When you're, when you're active longer, your total sleep is longer. It's higher. You climb an average of 24 floors a day. Wow, 24. San Francisco. Yeah, seriously, though. 
I mean, yeah, is, so that's that, kinda, is that including the walking up hills or is that actual like floors that you're going up? Um, just in general, I I think, yeah, Apple Watch does this and Fitbit does this. I think the Apple Watch does it by slight changes in barometric pressure plus movement. It doesn't count going down. It only counts going up. So anytime you move up at least like 10 or 12 feet, it counts that as a, as a you know. That's uh, real cool. Yeah. Counts that as a floor. 61% correlation there. So anyway, uh, I, I just was very encouraged to see this. It's not, you know, hugely insightful, but it's telling me, first of all, it's telling me stuff that I suspected, which is I've suspected for a long time that when I'm in the sunshine walking around more, I probably sleep better at night. And they're putting a number on that. So I don't think this is going to be the greatest app that ever does this. But if you're looking for those insights and you want to leverage all that data you've been capturing, you know, give it a throw. Add app. Add app. Add app. Add app. And so now I guess, you know, I, and you know, so again, uh, this is a hobby for me right now. So I will go in and once or twice a day, I'll look at activity. I'll see how, well, I'll look at my watch and see how I'm doing with the rings. I will frequently go right now. I got two streaks, two 15 day streaks of standing and was it, what's the one that's not exercise movement count. So I'll go in and check on that. David Smith's app is helpful for that. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of where we are. And now, you know, the next wave of this is there's so much of the stuff that I'm interested in more apps that will do this kind of correlation or to say like, you know, again, show me things that are a little bit more kind of calculus things that I couldn't do in my own head. You know what I mean? I, I would love to get to the point where this thing could go. You get the least sleep on Sunday nights where you haven't walked a lot and have an early meeting. Yeah. That's the kind of thing where I'm, how far are we from that? Not too far. And again, now, why did I mention the, the canary and maybe to some extent the Nest camera, the widening scale? All these things are giving you data, again, about things like air quality. So again, on the cusp, none of this stuff is like huge. None of this is indispensable. But I do feel like we're very close to an age where all this data can tell us something interesting. I love it. I love that where we're going with this, I can't wait to see all of this stuff just showing up in one place in a way that does provide useful information in in a way that gives you actionable items like suggestions actionable intelligence right right so yeah. that like e even one step past what you were just saying which is like on a day like this this happens to actually say um based on what you did today you should go to bed at this time and wake up at this time or, you know, consider doing this or you're going to do, this, you know, and take it right. to the to the next level of like, I don't want uh, I don't want my, you know, Fitbit to, to turn off the TV a after one episode of, you know, whatever it is that I'm watching and saying no more yeah. TV for you tonight. But having something to, to kind of remind you at that point that's aware of the fact that you're OK, you know what? You're watching TV. It's 1045. You should probably go to bed, but you know, you're just going to, you're going to go ahead and start the next thing. If it would be like, you know, if you went to sleep right now, you'd get eight hours of sleep because tomorrow morning you need to do this. Right. You know, like that kind of intelligence, uh, I think for me would be really, really useful because as human beings, it's very easy for us to get distracted. It's very easy for us to say, ah, you know what? I'll sleep and I'll sleep later. You know, like I've I'm got my kids cold now. Why? Probably because I didn't get good sleep the last few nights. You know, right, it's like that right. that kind of stupid thing. It's like, well, if there had been a little bug on my wrist saying, Hey Dan, go to sleep now, maybe, maybe I would have listened. 
You know, I don't know. I but I I, I think we're really close to that. We're really close to it. I, I I agree. And the thing is, you can also look at other things that are not directly related to tracking your health that there's already tons of data on. So something like if you've got an automatic in your car that's, right. that's tracking how you drive, think about that. You've got things like you've got Google Calendar that can tell you what meetings you have or had. You've got things like um, the Maps ability to like know where you've been in terms of location. Imagine, I mean, just off the top of my head, imagine combining some of those things together, especially if you're tracking stuff like your intake, if it's automatically capturing how much you've walked. And it could, I mean, a real generic one would be, hey, it looks like you've had a busy week. Maybe try and take a walk today. And for example, in the ad app, app, it will let you like, it's kind of dumb, but you can schedule a walk. Or you, you can add something to your calendar right from inside the app. Not really my kind of thing, but I get the idea. But you know, how hard would it be to say like, you know, you've been driving a lot of really short distances, according to automatic, even in the neighborhood, like even as you haven't been taking as many walks, is that something you want to work on? And it, I mean, we're not even talking about the second or third level from this, which is like automatically cause things to be improved. You know, I don't need my refrigerator to order milk for me right now, right. but I wouldn't mind some insight on the big patterns. And again, for all of these things, it's the trend line that interests me. It's not any one weight. It's funny because you become less self-conscious about weighing yourself when you don't really care what the weight is today. You just care about the trend line. Ditto for any of this stuff. Ditto for walking. Ditto for sleep. When you've got a month of data, it starts to tell you things. And then when these apps can work in concert with that, that potentially becomes very powerful. Well my, said, um, man. Wow. My, my wife is uh, having some time away from her Fitbit right now. So, and my, my daughter's been noticing me nerding out. So I set up her Fitbit, my wife's Fitbit for my daughter. And I'm interested to see, she started wearing it yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see like how she slept last night, how many steps she gets. It, it was so hilarious though, because I got it set up and I gave it to her. I showed her how to put it on and everything. And she was, you know, that, the same thing everybody does when they first get a tracker. You start, it's kind of cool. Like as you take a step, you see it on your watch. And it was hilarious. So for like 10 minutes, she was like running wind sprints through the house. Just like <laughs> running from one end of the house to the other and then like being out of breath and staring at her wrist. It was really cute. I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything too uh, big to say in conclusion here. W- one thing to say is you, if you're interested in these things, you do not have to nerd out at the uh, either to the time or expense or interest that, that I have or that Dan is beginning to. Just to be clear, you do not have to wear two devices and spend lots of money on this. There's tons of stuff that you can get that will let you manually track this stuff. There's stuff, like I say, if you've got a modern iPhone, there's a pretty good chance it's doing this for you. It might be as much as going in and saying, oh yeah, let's hook it up with these other things that are tracking stuff of mine. Maybe you've got a gym membership. Maybe you're entering things. Like when I was doing um, FitLink, uh, I would always very carefully, you know, get all my data and enter my workouts. I was, did you ever have that? Was it called FitLink? I did not ever have that. I think it's called FitLink. It's where it basically, you get this card and at our Y, it was basically tracking all my exercise stuff. And I got obsessed with it. Yeah, FitLink. I'll put it in notes. It was really cool though, because all that stuff automatically gets loaded in. So if you're doing anything like that, look for a place where that data is being gathered, pull it in and see if that doesn't inspire you a little bit. I wanted to go I still wanted to go to the next step where I wanted to just I wanted to just know all that stuff because people me are lazy. I don't want to enter in all that. I don't want to remember I, like oh you know what I drank like half a glass of water I better put it on the thing. And you're getting to I think a very important point which is that 
So in the classic example of the middle-aged guy who realizes he's out of shape, maybe your doctor says you got heart problems, you got to get this taken care of. You know, that you freak out, you change everything, you know, for a week. You right. find that it's not sustainable and you give up. I feel like, you know, there's all kinds of habits I wish I had developed earlier, but it's not difficult for me to just do what I do and then see the record of that. That's still, like you said, with things like Quicken, it's interesting to go like, wow, I'm spending more on web subscriptions than I thought. I'm spending more on delivery, delivery food than I thought, et cetera. That's little insights that you would never notice when they're happening onesie twosie. But that's, I did a horrible thing when I was 11 years old. I did a horrible thing. I still feel ashamed about what this. What did you do? We were at a New Year's Eve party for my mom's best friend and her family. And they were this family. My mom uh, sold real estate with this woman. They were a very a prominent family in Cincinnati. And and we went to their, you know, very fun, very hard-drinking uh, New Year's Eve party. And I'm mm. 11. I'm bored. I'm just at that horrible age where I'm too big to play with the little kids and I'm too little to play with the big kids. But I realized... <laughs> The patriarch of the family smoked a lot. And um, I did a horrible thing. I, I realized like what his brand was. And I went, he, and it was a brand that only he smoked at this party. And I went through every ashtray in the house and I picked up all of his butts. <laughs> and I showed them to him. Oh, man. And his wife. And I was like, Mr. So-and-so, did, did you know you smoked 65 cigarettes tonight? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was it 65? It was really Well, 60- it was, it was, it, he, well, you know, back, people used to smoke three to five packs of cigarettes a day. Oh, yeah, my, my dad did for a while. Sure, at a New Year's Eve party. But, you know, I mean, that was a horrible thing. What a, what an off, what a dumb, mean thing to do to the host of your party. But um, I think he quit not long after that. Yes. Because so he, why, well, you shouldn't be ashamed. You should be proud. No, it's a, it doesn't, but, but I guess my point is that sometimes when you see all the data in one place, <laughs> it tells a story that you would not have found yourself telling to yourself. When you see 65 cigarette butts title, that's when you go like, oh, okay, that's, that's more than I would have guessed. That's more than I would have guessed. And that's, that's an interesting pattern. So I was a horrible little child, but uh, it's an interesting example. Wow. Mm. They were in big coal. But how far do you think we are from having this kind of information all in one place, all being gathered, all being logged? Well, I mean, there's the one angle that I've been assiduously avoiding, which is the whole like privacy thing, yeah. which is, you know, it's a, certainly it's a concern, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting right now to look at what the models for these various things are. Um, as has been the case for probably getting up to almost 10 years now, almost every, everything we do now has a social media component to it. Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, I was hearing Jason Snell talking about this yesterday on probably upgrade about how, you know, you've, you've, you've like, you've got to be doing stuff with Facebook, like regardless of your feelings about Facebook, like if you are not doing stuff with Facebook, you're not in publishing right now. So you can get with that or you can just have it go by. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think right now, all of these apps, you'll notice there is a tweet this, Facebook this, et cetera, a Pinterest this. There's a link for that on almost anything you deal with nowadays. I, I don't know if that's the go forward strategy. I think it's going to be a combination of probably ads in the apps combined with probably sometimes uh, IPAs for in-app or IPs for minor things in the app. Plus things like a membership for like what blown up. Like I'm looking right now at the FitLink page, you five dollars to join. 
et cetera, et cetera, to, to straight out buying an app. But, you know, you do kind of wonder, like, what's going to happen with the data being out there. But the thing is, the data is out there with a lot of that stuff anyway. I just feel like you might as well be doing something interesting with it. If you're going to have an Apple Watch, dude, that data is there. You might as well do something interesting with it. I don't know. What do you think? I think that, you know, when people talk about the privacy part, I think they're not just talking about the sharing of it. They're talking about the fear that somebody else will get a hold of that information and do even just have it, not necessarily do something bad with it, just have it. Yeah, right, right, Like if I had all of the data from you and your your wife and your daughter about how you guys exercise, like there's no harm in that really, but it's like kind of creepy to think that like somebody else like has that data about you. But I don't know, you know, it's it's something that I... I'm I'm not at all hesitant about that because it's also some, I feel like if there's something that I'd be willing to talk about on the air or write about, you know, like I'm I'm fairly proud of uh, how often I exercise and what I do when I'm there and how I eat and my weight. And like these are things that I'm, you know, I'm happy to talk to people about if they're interested and I'm I'm excited uh, about the benefits that I see from doing these different things. Yes. So I'm pleased to have that. And and if, if somebody were to expose all of my workout information, I'd be like, cool, because I just talked about it to Merlin. So like, I don't care about that. But uh, there are a lot of people who I don't think are especially happy with their weight or they don't, you know, they're, they're not happy with their consumption of food or whatever. And it's their right to to not want to share that. I would never, never have the Fitbit app or share my award that I had my first day where I did 10,000 steps. I'm not going to be tweeting about that. And I don't want Fitbit to be tweeting about that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of a physical accomplishment I have. Oh, I benched my personal best today or whatever. That's, you know, maybe it's between me. Maybe, uh, maybe my trainer. Maybe I might share it with my kid. And, and your Lord. And of course. But I don't need to share it with my Lord. My Lord just knows. Yeah. But if, uh, you know, like I I would not tweet about that. And I don't want to, I I forget who it was, but there was somebody I used to follow on Twitter. I had to eventually unfollow him because every day that they would go on their jog or whatever, it'd be like, went on a five mile jog today. Felt good. Next day. Oh, that was, that was the original annoying Twitter. (sighs) Went on a a good run. Had a good run. Had a good run today. Felt okay. I'm like, okay, I'm unfollowing you. That's how I feel. And I just, I like that kind of thing. There's that too much sharing kind of thing. However, if it was logging that on a public place, like in the little Fitbit social component, or if it posted it to your, you know, if there was an area of Facebook for fitness that I could go and see how Merlin's doing in his exercise, like I might do that, but probably not. But I don't know. Like there's certain things that just like, I'm not going to, tweet about how my poop went so yeah. I, don't, I need to tweet about my workout you know i don't know it's uh i don't it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me but i absolutely understand why it appeals to others for the same reason that people like facebook like it's a great place for casual interaction with people and if you if that's what you're looking for it's great for that and you know there's a lot of people who've kind of come back around to facebook for things like small communities like the flop house you know um community on there is supposedly very good some people love keeping up with family or friends from high school it's all good for that 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about the the privacy implications. Although, I, you know, for myself, it's not anything that I I want auto tweeted just because that's not how I roll. Yeah, you know what I mean. I do. It's you know, and that's why I'm so grateful in some ways. Like with Tweetbot, you can go in and shut off certain agents. So, like, you know what? Uh, I'm glad you're like an Instagram. Like, maybe you should keep that over on Instagram where you put Instagram. Right. I don't need to see every one of those. Right. I don't need to know every time you tumble on your tutor. So, but no, but I, I take the point. I guess I just feel, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a strong position to say like, oh, this is, this represents this or that for the future of privacy. I think in a completely separate and bigger topic, I think there's probably stuff going on at a sub Rosa level we have no idea about. For example, uh, what did I see on Twitter this morning? Um, oh, somebody was talking about how they got an ad on a website based on the upcoming expiration of their museum membership. Hmm. So where do you shut that off? Yeah. Who's doing that? And where do you shut that off? <laughs> I mean, that, that to me in some ways is much creepier where, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. And that's why I, you know, I'm, I'm not a maniac about this stuff, but that's why I feel less and less compunction about running ghostery because, and, and one blocker just because like between the load times and the, potential downside of the things that are being injected onto that page i you know when that stuff gets better i'll look at it again but for right now it's made the experience of using the web insufferable <laughs> I, I really notice when i'm in a, uh, in a web view that is not covered by one blocker yeah i notice that on ios as against when i'm in safari like i really notice the difference i don't know so what's your what's your short we should wrap this up what's your uh what's your short term for the next week or two with the uh well, gonna, you, you said i should try to sleep with the thing on and try and sleep with it on mm-hmm. um i'm gonna try some of these apps you you have in here and i don't know should i put in what i'm eating like i really like i don't just care about that but do you want me to do it i'll do it if you tell no me. no no i wouldn't i wouldn't tell you to i mean it's I don't know. It's it, You know, I'll tell you, I, I bet it's the kind of thing where one thing that's really neat, I have to say, one thing that's really cool in my fitness pal, I don't think this is going to be flawless, but I think it's super interesting. You open up my fitness uh, pal and you go into the section where you say, okay, I want to add food. I want to add lunch. And it's got that little, you know, you are here. Oh, era yeah. Thing, yep. the, the marker. And when you click that, it shows you nearby restaurants. And they've gone in and scraped the menus for restaurants and are approximating the items on the menu. It's kind of cool. I'm That's far from cool. perfect. Well, obviously, the way that three different places make corned beef hash is going to make that a little bit dicey. Mm-hmm. But they have it for corporate things. Like, you can go in and say this is a Big Mac or whatever. I think that's, that, to me, again, even if it's not perfect, like, what if you picked one standard to stick with? You say, like, I'm going to pick whatever they call this. Well, that's more data than you had before. It could be as simple as that. Or, you know, if you eat the same thing a lot, scan the barcode and now you've got a really easy way to enter that i think doing that for a day not for you necessarily but for somebody to do that for a day or three can be very educational it's going to tell you things you didn't know and again it's it's data to show you like how you're doing and if, it, if for example in my case if when i'm working on trying to mainly i just want to walk more you know i want to have more energy and i, I know there's a correlation but if i step on the scale and it says you know 0.6 pounds less than last time, 0.6 pounds, you know, et cetera. That trend line is good, and that makes me feel good. That inspires me. I am much less likely to grab a handful of Costco peanut butter stuffed pretzels if I've been getting that success. <laughs> yeah. So you can try that. You're going to try the sleeping. You, might, yep. I would say you got nothing to lose by trying the ad app. Ad app. Ad app. Ad app. Yeah. And, and the, um, 
you might want to try human, and if it, if it's killing your battery, turn it off. But that's kind of interesting too. What do you think we should do about Peck Pong Pet? <laughs> I think have. I think we have him on. We, we rec- I on. think we record an offline uh, interview with him, Peck Pong Pet, and play it totally straight. But ask in a way, he succeeded. You know, we've been hoisted by our own petard, <laughs> Peck Pong Pet's petard. I know because we're here. You know, uh, talking about him, and that's that's his goal. He he does podcasts about how to appear on podcasts. But that's the thing, and I think we play dumb to it. We let him think he's winning. I don't need to play dumb. We let well, we let him think that he's winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You with me? And then I'm with you. I'm uh, and with then you. We, we 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 play it totally straight, and then it just gets subtly gets like weirder Weird, yes. and weirder. Yes. To like you know it's like the the uh, myth of the frog in the boiling water, but you know it gets a little weirder. Like at first we just happen to mention underpants, and like pretty sure. soon all we're talking all we're talking about is underpants, right? Or or whatever, or you know l- lubricating gel. It's something that you would not expect on a podcast about being on podcast with Peck Pong Pat. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> We've got to do this. Like this, I don't think this is an option. I think this is a requirement. Well, we'll have to get with his people at uh, at uh, Impeccable. I'll handle all that. You'll deal with Peck Pong Pets? Of course. Peckable? Of course. Okay. I'm still, let's do it. All right. Are you in? Where are we going to invoice him? Oh, will he pay? Well, he's got to pay. Isn't that our deal? Didn't we say 10,000 bucks if you want to be on the show? We haven't said that, but we we could, well, I doubt he'd do it. I'd piss on a spark plug if I thought it'd do any good. (laughs) You got to, you got to, you know, the spice must flow, am I right? Well, whoever controls the spice controls the universe. That's right. Old blue eyes, they called him. Yeah. All right, let's button this up. I love you. (laughs) Love you too, Merlin, man. 